Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. I'm Tim Blevins, lead pastor, and I'm honored you have come to join us. To experience our full service or for more information, check out the links in the description. I hope this message ministers to you and helps you find life in Jesus. Hey, good morning. How are you guys this morning? I don't know about you, but I'm feeling pretty good. That worship was amazing. Thank you guys so much. I forget sometimes what it's like to be in big church. I mean, I'm wearing a dress today and everything. I curled my hair. I'm wearing jewelry. I mean, no, my name is Nicole Roberts, and I am the children's pastor, children's director here at Life Church. So normally I'm just right next door. And right next door, what we're doing is we're having a fruitful summer. We are learning all about the fruit of the Spirit. And so today's fruit, or the um, part of the fruit that we're learning about is joy. And I'm going to just tell you, it's just my joy to be here in the house with you guys. So thank you so much for that. Um, My message today is titled, Turning the Tables. Turning the Tables. And I'm going to tell you, the tables of my life have turned since I've been coming here to the Life Church. Um, I have been here 10 years, y'all. Did y'all know that? 10 years. 10 years I've been here at Life Church. And I can tell you, it has been such a, um, such a beautiful, joy-filled walk. And so I thank you, Pastor Tim and Harriet, um, just for that, because they're a part of just life. Just life. I say it every time, but it's because it's true. You know, have you ever caught yourself just saying the same thing over and again? It's because it's true. Life lives up to its name. It does, and it lifes me, and so I'm just so thankful for that. So thank you, Tim and Harriet, for just the life that you bring to people. Um, I also want to thank the life staff. I mean, talking about sitting at the table. Y'all to sit at that table, y'all? I mean, y'all heard Lachlan last week, right? What? Time to stand. I'm like, yes, sir. But every single person at that table just brings such a beautiful portion of Jesus to the table, and it is It is life, and I just love that I get to sit at the table, so I thank you for that. And for parents, man, y'all, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for y'all. So thank y'all for bringing your kids to Kids Life, because we have a blast. And to my Kids Life team, if you serve in Kids Life in any capacity, will you stand up? I mean, if it's check-in, if it is, and matter of fact, you're probably working. But I see you in here, Miss Tanya. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. Yes, yes, yes. Let me just say that it's not a small thing. It's not a small thing to give your heart and your hands on a Sunday morning in the life of a child. Because I don't know about you, but me and Jesus began a conversation long before I invited him into my heart. And that's what we do every Sunday is we have a conversation with Jesus. They get to talk to Jesus. And at some point in time, I believe they'll answer that knock on the door and they'll invite him in. But I know that's the way it was for me. I think I was seven years old. That's what I think I was anyway. I wasn't you know, documenting it or anything. But I remember the moment when I began to have a conversation with the Lord. And yes, it was just like that. I'd be like, God, are you real? Are you real? I'm curious. And I, you could kind of feel that impression kind of come back. And that's how, that's how it begins And so kids' life, it's just not a small thing. We don't just babysit your kids. We don't just have paint and play foosball and 
jump and shout. We do all of those things, but Jesus is right in the center of it. And it is my joy to be with them in that. So love it, love it, love it. So thank you for having me in big church today. Um, But as I said, I'm talking today about turning the table. So I just want to pray for us this morning, and then I'll get into what I believe God has put on my heart to share with you. So dear Lord Jesus, I thank you so much, Lord, for bringing me to the table of life, the table of life literally, and the table of life right here at this church. And God, and I just believe, Lord, that you you have prepared every chair in here today. And for every person to be here, that you've got a word that you just want to, to impress upon their heart. And I pray, God, that you would indeed give life to that, to that today, Lord. Let anything that is of me fall by the wayside. But, Lord, you give your fruit um, and you edit as you see fit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So turning the tables. So I don't know about you, but this world feels like it is turning, doesn't it? I'm faster than we can like keep up with. It's like every single day we're waking up to a new shift, a new turn. And what a beautiful comfort it is that he changes not. He changes not. His compassions, they fail not. Great is his faithfulness unto us. So I don't know about you, but that gives me something firm to stand on today. That no matter what is spinning out of control out there, or even sometimes on the inside, my God changes not. And we don't have to wonder, okay, (laughs) we can stand firm in him. And that just brings me such such comfort today. Um, But I want to talk today about turning the tables. Because if the world is turning the tables, is there anything that I need to do to kind of recreate my tablescape? Now, Jesus, he was no stranger to turning the tables, right? (laughs) Jesus knew how to turn some tables, y'all. It tells us so in Matthew 21 and Mark 11 and John 2. He literally flipped over the tables because they were selling sacrifices outside of the temple. And that flipped him out because he's going, man, I know the price of a sacrifice. I know the price of a sacrifice. And uh, y'all, this ain't it. This don't even come close. So he turned those tables. No one knows the price of sacrifice more than Jesus. He turned the tables on the Pharisees. He wasn't afraid what they thought. He told them. He called them out. He said, you whitewashed hypocrites. Ouch. He said, listen, y'all look like y'all got it all together on the outside. He said, but inside, you are wicked and you are evil because you are distorting what I have come to the planet to do. He turned the tables. Here's a table turner. What about the Lord's Supper? Y'all, it was a Passover. These disciples were so excited to sit at the table with Jesus. It's Passover time. They have no clue what is about to happen in just a few short hours. But Jesus, he does. And he takes the moment and he prepares the table. And you don't even really even focus on the Passover part. What we focus on is the fact that he broke out the wine and the bread and he began to explain what was really going to happen. And then he breaks out the towel and the water basin and he washes their feet. That's a table turner. Or what about the woman at the well? It says in the Bible that he must needs go to Samaria. He turned the table in her life, not because he was thirsty, but because she was thirsty. 
And what about the woman caught in adultery? That was a turnaround. Here they go. They bring her out, encircle her, have a whole bunch of stones in their, in their hands. But in just a few moments, Jesus said, lift up your head. Where are your accusers? Jesus knows how to turn a table. He can turn water into wine, a funeral into a celebration. What Jesus puts fun in funeral. I'd be like, Jesus, come to my funeral. Right? I'd be like, if somebody passed away when Jesus was alive, I'm going, where's Jesus at today? We're going to pass that way. Because that's what he does. He brings life. He pulls calm out of a storm. He turns a conference into a feast. These people had gathered all together, listened to Jesus all day long, hadn't ate all day. He said, don't send them away. I'll feed them. He knows how. Not only to turn a table, but to set a table. He fed everybody fish and chips. Fish and chips. And everybody was full, satisfied, leftover, 12 baskets. What? That's what I'm talking about. Jesus, he knows how to turn the tables. And he's still doing it. He's still doing it. So I got to thinking, listen, the world is not the same as it was two, three years ago. Not even a year ago. And you know what? I'm not the same as I was three years ago, two years ago, one year ago. I may not need to be doing the same things exactly the same way. Is there a place, Lord, that you want to turn the table in my life? Because listen, our days are numbered. The Bible tells us in James that life is but a vapor. It is here for a time and then it vanishes. And for, I, for me, I don't want to leave anything on the table. I want to exhaust every bit of energy that he has placed inside of me. I want to complete every task that he has put in front of me. I want to give away every bit of love that he has put inside of me. Let nothing be wasted in the name of Jesus. And maybe it's because I'm 51 and my body is telling me that, you know what, tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. I don't know about the app. I've got one right here. I can hear it. Tick-tock. There is a timetable. And I want to live out to the full my days. And his word promises that. John 10, 10 says, I have come. I have come that you might have life. And you have it to the full. So I'm not meant to be eating some crumbs under the table. He has prepared a table before us. And if you're ready to say, you know what? I'm tired of being stuck. I'm ready for the Lord to turn the table in my life. Not on me but for me. Amen. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16 says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Isn't that good? That's a great way. It's become kind of my thing when I get up in the morning. It's not that I'm just going to have a great day. How can I make a great day? See, I've been getting, I don't know about you. Look, I love my morning time. Me and Harriet talk about it all the time. We love our morning times. I make it a moment. The coffee pot is prepared. I am wrecked to get up in the morning because my coffee pot is ready. Brown dog is in there. I got my Bible. I got my candle. 
I have prepared a place for me and the Lord to meet. And I'm ready for all that. I, I'm, try it. I'm going to tell you. It's something. It, it makes getting up in the morning just mm, amazing. But once that part is done, sometimes I can kind of sit at the table and just kind of look at the day as, okay, let me see what the cards have dealt me today. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you pick up that deck and go, okay, well, I'll, yeah, I'll do the best I can with that and the best I can with that. But what I've learned is that, you know what? Some of them cards I ain't got to deal with. I can prepare my own cards. How about I bring my own deck to the table and say, how can I make a great day? I, a trick deck, Tim. You were funny. Yes. But I discovered that part of, of my life, I've kind of been holding back. Anybody? You know what I mean? Like, maybe I'm not living life to the full. And if I'm not, then why not? And then God, do a new thing. Then just do a new thing in me. I'm ready for it. So I asked him, I said, Lord, what, what is it that I'm holding back and why? I asked myself, what is on my table and how can I turn it around? And Jesus said, I am so glad you asked. Revelation 3.20 says this, I stand at the door and knock. Whoever, whoever hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. I will sit with him and I'll sup with him. Y'all, come on now. King James is hip. Y'all thought we came up with sup. No, no, no. King Jim, sup. I'm going to come in and sup with him. Y'all, the Bible is fun. Have y'all ever found that? Now, that tickled me to death. I thought, Jesus going to come in and sit in my tongue and say, sup with you, Nicole. Sup with you. Y'all, I'll never forget my husband and I. This has been years ago. Um, Mama, I grew up in a Presbyterian church. That's amazing. It's beautiful. Had these wood little wood pews, you know. So when you sit on a pew and you get tickled, you know what happens. The whole pew be shaking. Well, he was reading, it was, I think it was an Easter Sunday, I'm not sure, but he was reading part of the Easter story, and it was one of the Gospels where it talks about how Jesus came out of the garden, and he said, greetings. And, <laughs> yes, thank you, Michelle. That's exactly what I did. I'm like, really? Jesus just came out the tomb, hid in the garden, and popped out and said, greetings. <laughs> but he, that's what the Bible said. I'm like, Jesus, you are funny. I love you. This is amazing. He didn't come with some big trumpet, man. My man popped out and said, greetings. <laughs> the Bible is funny. Um, there's, I always, and I just talked about it a while ago, but that, that phrasing where it talks about the woman at the well and says, I must needs go to Samaria. I love that so much. I mean, isn't that just like, I need to make a stop in Samaria. No, 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 no. Jesus said, I must needs go to Samaria. I love the way he words things. And my favorite of all time. Oh, man. It is David and Abigail. Y'all remember when Abigail was trying to make up for her husband Nabal, the fool? And Nabal told David, I'm not feeding you men. I don't even know who you are. Who do you think you are being on my property? And Abigail hears about it. She says, oh, my goodness. That is David. That is the King David. Oh, my, my. And she tries to make amends for it. And it said that she gathered up all this food she was going to take to the army. And it words it like this. It says that um, she got 
the sheep prepared and ready to go. Now, every time I read that, all I hear is them little sheep, like with their little earrings on and the pearls, going, oh, we are dressed and ready to go. That's what it says. It says she got the sheep dressed and ready to go. And then the little sheep going, y'all, we're going to go meet David. We're going to meet David. Are you going to meet David? I'm going to meet David. And they're all gathered up with their little remnant bag and their pearls and their pumps, and they're going, we're going. <laughs> I am dressed and ready to go to meet David. <laughs> y'all, the Bible is amazing, Right? It's in there. It is worded just like that because it tripped me out. Them sheep was dressed and ready to go. So needless to say, Shay, I've got sheep just kind of all over my little house dressed and ready to go because that was just such a big joke in sisterhood. But Jesus will sup with us. And all joking aside, I can't tell you a more pleasing meal than Jesus being at my table. I want you to listen to how this thing kind of rolls out. It says that Jesus is standing at the door and notice that this door turns into a table. The door turns into a table. How appropriate for a carpenter, right? Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. He stands at the door and knock. I don't know about you, but there are some places that I have found in my life that I have kind of closed off and that maybe I don't allow Jesus into. Maybe some things that I don't want to admit. Maybe some things I don't want to deal with. Maybe some pain that I just don't want to face. But who is standing at the door? Jesus says, I stand at the door and I knock. He knows and he stands on the other side and he's ready to answer. I stand at the door and I knock. In other words, he says, I know where you live and I'm right here when you're ready. I'm knocking. He's not banging. He's not demanding. He's not saying I have legal authority here. I've got a search warrant. You better let me in. He says, I stand at the door and I knock. And listen to this. He says, and whoever hears my voice. Listen, Jesus will talk to you through that closed door. You stand at the door. He said, I'm right here whenever you're ready. I'm right here. And I can help you through that. Here, if you'll do this, yeah, I'm right here. He will give you instruction through the door. But he says, whoever hears my voice, because he's talking through the door, and you open the door, he said, I'll come in. I'll come in. I'll come in, and I'll sit, and I'll sup. He's going to sit at your table. You know what he's not going to do? He's not going to remodel and renovate your house. Right, right? He's not going to test the dust. Whoo, girl. Dirty house. Does he come in to judge, to test, to condemn, to interrogate, to evaluate, to interview? No. He says, I will come in, I will sit, and I will sup with you. Jesus, at your table. And that invitation it's for all of us. So man, yes, Jesus invites us to the table. We invite him. So I invite Jesus to the table. I say, Lord, I want to lay it all out there. I want you to let me know what it is that I need to change, if anything, in my life. So I'm like, Lord, what, what is it? What is it that I need to work on? What keeps me held back? What keeps me stuck? And immediately it came fast. I mean, quick. Fear, 
Fear is at your table. Fear holds you back. It could be fear of what people think. It could be fear of people's response. It could be fear of the pain, but it's fear. And the truth is we all have them. We all have fear. We all have issues of fear. And I don't minimize that. It's a big thing. Fear can hold us back. It can hold us down and it can choke the life out of us. But here's the good news. Fear and Jesus don't dwell together. His word, 1 John 4, 18 says, there is no fear in love and perfect love casts out fear. So when Jesus is at your table, there is no fear. It is something that as I thought back over the life of Jesus and I thought about how, you know, he faced every sin that we would face yet he did not sin and that he can empathize with all of our emotions. But the one thing he did not have on this planet was fear. Fear never held him back. Not with people, not with Pontius Pilate, not with the Romans, not with the Pharisees, not with Satan. Pain he had, yes. Frustration, yes. Fear, never. Because perfect love cast out fear. It cannot dwell in the same place together. So the first thing I learned in turning my tables is and making the most of my life is fear has to flee. And it has to because Jesus is at my table. So therefore, how would I respond? How would I do life if fear was off the table? Have you ever asked yourself that? How would you respond? How would you make decisions? What would you do? What risks would you take? Yes, don't live as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. But what would happen if you took fear off the table and it was just you and Jesus? Because I'm going to tell you, he leads you in the right way. But if fear was off my table, I began to think about what my life might look like. And look what Jesus brings to the table. Not only does perfect love cast out fear, Jesus comes to your table with a deck of cards of his own. He says, I'll counter your fear and I will lay you down power, love, sound mind. It says, I did not give you, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. What does that look like? You have power. You have power. Let me tell you how you have power. I'll just give you three ways that I know you got power. You've got the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, there is power in the name of Jesus. The Bible tells us that his name is a strong tower, that the righteous run into it and they are safe. When David runs toward Goliath, do you know what he says? He says, you come at me with a sword and a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. You're going down, buddy. You're going down. And did Goliath go down? Yes, he did. Got his head cut off with his own sword. Why? Because there is power in the name of Jesus. When Peter and John, and um, Lachlan alluded to it last week, when they were, being, um, when they were uh, arrested for preaching the name of Jesus, and, what, and it says that they were untrained and uneducated, but they had seen that he, they were with the Lord because there's power in the name of Jesus. All they did was go to the temple. The man there never walked, lame, standing there, alms, alms, silver, gold, give me something, I can't earn a living, give me some money. And Peter and John said, silver and gold, I don't have, but I, what I do have, I give to you. And in the name of the Jesus, get up and walk. And it says that the man got up and wa- danced leapt and walked into the temple. There is power in the name of Jesus. And that's just not Old Testament. That's just not just New Testament. That is like real now type stuff. I have been in situations when I couldn't think of a thing, but I could say the name of Jesus and danger fled. That is the real. I was in Haiti. Heat exhaustion had set in. Long story short, I'm gonna tell you, I couldn't even form a sentence. 
I could feel everything shutting down, and I knew in a couple seconds my body was going to hit the ground. But I said, Lord, all, all I could think was, Lord, I know you did not bring me out here to put me on the ground. There is no ambulance. There is no hospital. There is no doctor. I'm on a dirt road, and there is no one to help me. And all I could think of was the name of Jesus. I could not put a prayer together. I couldn't even put it. All I could think of was Jesus. And at that moment, a breeze came by. And what I heard was Psalm 121. I will lift up my eyes into the hills once cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, the Lord which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer your foot to be moved. The Lord which healeth thee, he, the sun, will not smite you by day. What? Or the moon by night. For he preserves your soul. The sun was smiting me. But in the name of Jesus, it had to stop. I'm going to tell you, I don't even remember how I got back to the guest house, but I did. And I didn't lay down. I didn't take a shower. You know what I did? I pulled myself up to the table because it was time for dinner. The name of Jesus. It does that. Um, I was at... I was at Indochine. Anybody ever been to Indochine? Well, this was, um, they were closed at the time and I had gone during lunchtime to get, um, or in the afternoon to get a gift card, but they had closed. I didn't know that. There were cars there, so it looked like people were there. But as I approached, someone met me at the door and I thought he worked there. He did not. And um, I was like, oh, I was going to get it. He said, oh, yeah, I thought they were open too, but they're not. And he began to follow me to my car. When I tell you I could feel the evil, have you ever felt it like on the inside? I f I'm telling you, I felt it. I felt it on the back of my neck. And all I can think about is here it is. We're going down. I can see myself on the gravel right now. I don't think he's going to kill me, but I do think he's going to steal my purse. It's happening. And I said, Jesus, that's all I got. I have no way to defend myself. Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, when I turned, he began to walk away that way. Listen, I'm telling you, I know what I know. And I'm telling you, Jesus the name of Jesus. There is power in it. I say, call on him when you're in the middle of something. And I don't care how, how silly the enemy wants to tell you it is. Say Jesus and watch him run. Watch him run. It's, it's, it's the real. Um, the other thing is his word. There's power in his name and there's power in the word. There's power in the word of Jesus. When you begin to take that thing in, it reminds you of what you have. The Bible says about the Bible that his word is alive and full of power. It is full of power. His word is full of power. So when you begin to ingest it, it will come back to your remembrance when you need it. You wonder how I know that? Because the Bible says that. That is one of the functions of the Holy Spirit, that he will bring to your remembrance everything Jesus has said. And it says that his word became flesh. This word, it becomes flesh. That word, when you pull that, it will, it will show itself when you need it. That's how his word is powerful. Um, I know this because we put, how many of you have ever like built a house and you like put scripture all over the framework? You know what I'm saying? We did that. You remember we, we, when we were building our house, we just came, we put scriptures all over, you know, we just all over the framework and stuff. And just, oh yes, praise Jesus is awesome. And then, you know, they began to put the walls up and stuff like that. And the builder called us and said, Hey, um, I don't want you to go by the house today. Um, because there's some vandals have come in and we're just like, say, huh? And he's like, I don't want you to come and look, you know, because I, th I think they put like a satanic thing on your wall. They put a p pentagram on there. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Me and Randy went up to the house and you know what it was? It was the star of David. <laughs> they tried to vandalize my house and they put the star of David on my wall. 
wall. Because the word was on the wall. They were like, mm, 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 mm. no, I don't know how all that works. I just know this. Listen, there's power in the word. Even when people try to harm you, listen, his word is full of power. And we also have the blood. Listen, we are overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. His blood has power. There is power in his sacrifice. Death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? That is the power that we have. His name, the word, and his blood. And it's all ours. And that will turn a table. When you recognize that, you know what? I don't have to have fear. I actually have, I actually have power. Yeah, we do. Power, love, and a sound mind. Love. Listen, God loves you. He's not obligated to bless you. He does it because he loves you. And a sound mind. Listen, we can have the mind of Christ. The Bible tells us that. It says that we can take every thought captive and under the submission of Jesus. Sometimes a thought will come in my mind. I'm going, mm, I don't know what that is. But I'll say, Lord, take that thought captive and under your submission and tell me what I need to think about that. We can think our thoughts. You can direct your mind. And he said, I will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is set on him. So you just set your dial to Jesus and it's going to be good. Um, a lot of what holds us back is fear and that's real. And I don't minimize that, but we have power over that. And you know what? That will test our comfort zones, but that's okay. We have a comforter and he's going to be right there with you. The second thing I learned in turning, it, turning the tables, number one, fear cannot be a factor. Number two, take fine off the table. I know, we, y'all know, do y'all recognize how many times we say that? Oh, it's fine. Oh, it's, it's fine. It's fine. We got fine china, and we know that's elevated. We got fine chocolate. We got fine caramels. Momskis. We got fine coffee. Brown dog. We got all... Fine clothiers, my first job was working at a fine clothiers. It's all elevated. But when it comes to us, we're fine. Nothing awful about the day, nothing great about the day. It's just fine. And I'm here to tell you, we're not meant to live a fine life. We're meant to live an extraordinary life. What's the difference between ordinary and extraordinary? That little extra. That little extra. We were meant to live lives full of joy. John 10, 10 says, look, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. That's not just salvation. That's not just forgiveness. It's not just heaven. It's eternity. And it is now. We're on the clock, y'all. It's okay to enjoy life. It's okay to live life to the full. I don't want fine. I want extraordinary. Psalm 118, 24 says, this is the day that the Lord has made and I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to be glad in it. I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to make it a great day. And not only does perfect love cast out fear, but in his presence is the fullness of joy. In the fullness. I mean, you could have put a period at the end of fullness that in his presence is the fullness. But he finishes that thing out. He says, in the presence is the fullness of joy. We're supposed to be having fun, y'all. Joy should be overflowing on the outside and the enemy has got us all duped that we should be lit, putting our heads down. What are we gonna do? The world is a mess and I'm going, nah, uh The world is his and he's got me on the planet. So today, 
I'm going to rejoice. He daily loads us with benefits. He says, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy remain in you so that your joy can be full. We can be full of joy because he's Jesus and he's living on the inside of us, right? I wrote this one time and it just kind of, it brings me joy. It reminds me that I can do something every day to celebrate. Today is the day to breathe the air, to show you care, to complete the dare. Today is the day. I have a God date and that's something to celebrate. Today is the day to finish the undone, to declare the battle won and to have some fun. Today is the day to say, look at you and I can too. And listen, I'm not through. Today is the day of I'm all in and with him, we win. So let's go round again. Let's go make a great day. Let's take fine off the table. That's what I'm talking about. I love this Psalm 37, 23 and 24 says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly and he delights in every detail of our life. You're right. Think about that for just a minute. He directs our steps and he delights in every detail of your life. He's sitting at your table and he delights in every detail because he can bring joy out of every oy. Whatever you sow in tears, you will reap in joy. That right there is enough to serve Jesus the rest of your life. He will take every pain and it's never wasted. He will bring joy out of the oy. Jesus knows this better than anyone. It says in Hebrews, it says, but for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Endured the cross. The cross. Why? Because there was joy set in front of him. And you know what that looked like? You. And you. And you. And you. That's how he did it. He looked into it and he said, oh, I'm going to sit at the table with Nicole. I can do this. I'm going to sit at the table with this one and I'm going to do this. I can do it. I can do it. I can endure this because there is joy set before me and it has your name on it. Isn't that something? He's got a table prepared and it's got your little name, your little place card on there for the joy that was set before him. He endured. He will bring the joy out of every single one of your oys. There's one um, scripture that I love, love, love. It is in Corinthians And it says this, it says, um, Paul explains, he says, this light affliction that is here for just a moment, it is working for you a far greater weight of glory. Honey, all you got to do is tell the enemy this light affliction. Paul could say that because he knew that with Jesus, his yoke is easy. His burden is light. He was just calling a thing a thing. He is not minimizing our pain. He's just saying, hey, I'm going to put the enemy on notice that this thing is a light affliction. It's a light affliction as far as I'm concerned because Jesus is in here with me. We're, we're yoking this thing out together. It's a light affliction. And it's only going to be for a moment. And it's working for you. It's under contract. <laughs> it's under contract. It's working for you. What a far greater weight of glory. Man, that is just good stuff. 
So fear is off the table. Fine is off the table. What's left? Fruit. Enjoy the fruit. If we have joy inside of us, he means for us to enjoy this life. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I sit at the table like a little sad sack. I am worried about the next moment, preparing for the next moment that I'm missing the moment that I'm actually standing in. Right, right? We do. We are planning, we're preparing, we're bracing ourselves. And that's what the Lord reminded me of. He said, you live your life braced. You are waiting for the next shoe to drop. He says, am I good? Yes. Yes, you are. Then taste and see. Pick up another piece of fruit. It says, taste and see that I am good. If you are questioning, then you need to eat some more. Eat some more fruit. Taste and see because I am good. You need to enjoy this life I've given you. It gives him no greater joy than to see us enjoy what he purchased for you. He wants us to live out all of it. But that's not apart from him. That's with him at the table. It says, if you abide in me and I abide in you, guess what? We're going to produce a little fruit. One, much fruit. And apart from me, here's the truth. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But with me, nothing is impossible. So enjoy the fruit. It was King Solomon. It's one of my favorite books of the Bible. It's Ecclesiastes because it's so authentic. King Solomon, if you remember, he had everything. When King David died, King Solomon took over. He had a 40-year reign of peace. No war. And he asked the Lord to give him wisdom, not riches, not the wealth. God gave him wisdom, and he gave him the wealth, and he gave him the fame. I don't understand the wives part, but that's okay. But Solomon, he had everything. And in Ecclesiastes, he says, I have found that there is nothing better than to eat, to drink, to be merry, and to enjoy the fruit of your labor. He said, this is it, that's it right there. It's to enjoy what God has given us. Fear's not a factor, fine is off the table, and enjoy the fruit because it's fruit everlasting. And it all starts with just surrendering to him and inviting him to the table. And his word says that he stands at your door and he's knocking and it doesn't matter what that door looks like. And it doesn't matter what's on the other side. He's standing on the other side and he's talking to you. His voice is right there. He's going, hey, if you want, I can come in and we can work all those things out on the table. It all starts with inviting Jesus to the table. Will you pray with me? Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you didn't come just to give us salvation, although that is gift all by itself. You give us forgiveness, you give us grace, but there's so, so much more. And you want to give us life to the full. And so Lord, if there's anyone here under the sound of my voice, that is interested in having you join them at the table. 
Lord, I pray right now that they would hear your knock, that they would hear your voice saying, it's okay. I'm completely okay to come in and to sit at your table. If you have never invited Jesus to your table and you want to do that now, you can raise your hand and you can say, yes, I want to take that. I want Jesus at my table. I want to turn the tables of my life and say, God, I want it to begin with you. Dear Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity to be here in your house and to hear your word and know that it gives us life. And God, I pray for every person who's, whose plate may be too full, whose plate may be out of balance. And that, Lord, that you would speak. You would take fear off their table. You would clear fine off the table. And you would say, here is the fruit. Let's come and enjoy together. Let today be the day that we begin to live life to the full. In Jesus' name, amen. And I can think of no better place than to start life than right here at Life Church. That is just the best. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. It is by his hands, his nail-scarred hands that we are fed. Lord, we thank you for your patient, your faithful, your daily, every moment bread. Amen.